Stampede. Garner isn't number 63. Recorded 9-13-2020. Welcome to the propagandists. Forget about seeing what's happening. Social engineering is designed to erase what existed before. And it needs propagandists to tell you who you should be. And in the future, what is best for you. Forget about who you were. We'll tell you who you should be. The only trouble with that is you can't be allowed to think for yourself. And what I see of today, there isn't much worry about that. Most people haven't been able to think for themselves for a long time. You've just become tools of the consumerists, the new slaves told to consume. So you don't have to think about nothing just what color shoe you should buy, or what message your t-shirt should say. Yeah, there really is a conspiracy out there, and it says forget about the past, just go out and consume, because we know it'll make you feel better. And oh, by the way, if you can't get what you want, just lean down on the street and pick up that brick and throw it through that window to get what you want. Don't worry, the propagandists will say it's justified.
let's see, does that cover the situation? Not quite. When they get done shrinking your adult-pated brain, they'll tell you you need an artificial device implanted into your head so there won't be any slip-ups. One thing the propagandists can't stand are mistakes. They love you being dumbed down, but if you start wondering about who you are, they don't like that. Really, good propagandists can't allow you to see who you've become. They just want you to get on board the ship of fools. You aren't going to be able to see who you are because the first law of social engineering is to create havoc. When you create a new world without a past, you've got to develop confusion, frustration, paranoia, violence. So people are unable to see what's happening. Things have to be turned upside down. You have to create so much confusion, people will want peace. And the people who are creating havoc will show you how to get it. They'll make you feel like a number. That's right. You're nothing more than a number in the socially engineered world. Of course, creating havoc is nothing new. I'm reminded of the burning of the Reichstag in Germany, and 1933. 
as I've said before in this season of politics, I don't take sides. I just like noting methods and the reasons for why things are the way they are. I don't gain anything by what I say. And let me point out something. Propagandists who have been peddling less than accurate facts, attempting to persuade people to vote a certain way, might realize their jobs are at stake if the views they've been propagating aren't successful. What about the shoe fitting on the other foot? Well, propagandists who are faced with the prospect of being fired from their highly paid jobs, like, let's say, from major media outlets and news organizations, might abruptly change their views when faced with losing their jobs. I mean, propagandists are in it for themselves. And what they say today can change rapidly if people don't agree with what they're selling. They're chameleons, two-faced and willing to say anything to keep being paid big money. That's not me. I have nothing to gain by what I say. In fact, I go so far as to insult you. I'm willing to tell you what you've become without adhering to political correctness. There's a reason for why people say politics is a dirty business. If you're a U.S. congressman who's served for over 40 years, you've done some 
unpleasant things. Oh, sure, politicians all say they're doing the people's work, but it often boils down to power and individuals who have been given exceptional privileges when holding power. There are politicians who will do nearly anything to retain power, and maybe that's why they say power corrupts. Politics is a blood sport, and that's no exaggeration. I like predicting the future, so when looking at what has happened in this country with COVID-19 and our economic system of consumerism, the behavior of human relationships in the future is going to be less than admirable. If it isn't already, the use of violence to achieve a desired goal by people in power is something you should expect. Violence is nothing new in this country. The economics of consumerism has brought a new meaning to the words internal bleeding. Real, barefaced hostility is playing out in every level of this country's society. Unhappiness isn't just with a few people. No, what you've got here is real anger out on the streets, in people's homes, in our schools, in the workplace. It's in our everyday existence. If I greet someone with the words, good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, I'm more likely than not to be greeted with the words, there's nothing good about it. I might even be assaulted while walking down the street for no apparent reason, especially if I appear to be weak. No, people in this country aren't going to know what peace and tranquility are for a long time. And assassinations, bold-faced violence, are going to be used by people in power to achieve what they want.
I was born 75 years ago in Chicago to a family with members who served in World War II of men and women who grew up during hard times in this country. I was always sheltered, immune from the trouble that surrounded me. You might say I was privileged. With the advent of television, real images of historic events came right into our family home. So I had a ringside seat and Politics was always discussed at our dining room table. I've lived through watching assassinations, and during my lifetime, continual foreign military engagements, financial crises. I've seen and felt it up close and from afar, and I can say things aren't like they used to be. Some people might say that's good because our past has had a lot of inequities. But let me be clear on this point. I don't believe everything should be the same because that doesn't exist in the natural world. If you want equality in your world, you better get off planet Earth and look for it on some other planet because it doesn't exist here. I'm reminded of that old school boss who ran the city of Chicago from the early 50s to his death in 1976. Richard J. Daly died with his boots on. Some didn't like him, but you had to respect him. And in many ways, he represented someone that doesn't exist today. In short, the boss was one of America's kingpin politicians. Daly didn't just come from the other side of the tracks of working class values of church and family. No, when the boss got up to speak, you could never quite understand what he said. But if you were smart, you had to believe it. He wasn't Harvard-trained. He came from the people. He knew how to make it work. His values, right or wrong, always held true to the people of Chicago. He was a politician's politician. In one of Daly's famous quotations regarding a riot, he said, The confrontation was not created by the police. The confrontation was created by the people who charged the police. Gentlemen, let's get the thing straight once and for all. The policeman isn't there to create disorder. The policeman is there to preserve disorder, end quote. No words have ever been spoken more clearly by an environmentalist, a true understanding of what nature is. Nature's supreme balance is disorder.
During my life, Chicago has remained a deeply divided city. Although Daly was repeatedly called a bigot, a man who didn't support open housing, he believed strongly in ethnicity. He believed in that, supporting Italian, German, Irish, Swedish, Mexican, and even Chinese neighborhoods. He believed in identity. In fact, Chicago was credited with having a larger Polish population than the Polish city of Warsaw. During his tenure and the tenure of his son, Richard M. Daly, who followed him and served six terms as mayor of Chicago, black faces began appearing in government. But to this day, Chicago is primarily a city of black people and white people living separately from each other. Wealthy neighborhoods permitted access for blacks. But the foundation of working-class neighborhoods based on ethnicity strongly resisted. Chicago has large sections of the city that are black ghettos. During Daly's reign, black leaders demanded city government build housing, demanding high-rise buildings, not unlike the buildings that existed in upscale neighborhoods and other parts of the city. And Daly did that. He built the projects, high-rise buildings for low-income families who couldn't afford housing. When those buildings were constructed, they were touted as new modern convenient housing. And Chicago was credited with forward-looking values for urban development. Many black neighborhoods were transformed into upscale housing. Daly couldn't be accused of neglecting a large segment of the city's population. He helped to rebuild the city's aging housing stock, but the barriers of bringing blacks to live with the whites continued. Chicago today remains very much a divided city, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Today, Daly's projects to offer better housing for black people have been torn down. There were claims the projects were unlivable and unrealistic for housing people. Be like us didn't work, and preserving disorder continues to this day.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard a cut of Bernard Herrmann's composition, Wild Ride, from the classic movie North by Northwest, 1959. Hitchcock was quoted as saying, making North by Northwest was like a vacation going across country. The Library of Congress lists it as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Next, you heard the overture to that movie, followed by the music of Philip Glass, a cut of the evening song in the language of Sanskrit from Glass's opera Satyagraha, first performed in 1980, the story of Mahatma Gandhi's life, an opera often referred to not only for its music, but for its stunning visual production and staging. Then you heard Maurice Jarre's Gassam, Lost in the Desert, from the 1962 movie Lawrence of Arabia. Then another cut from Lawrence of Arabia, We Need a Miracle. Finally, another Herman piece from Hitchcock's movie Vertigo, 1958. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.